The Lord be with you. And with A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. The Pharisees went off and plotted how they might entrap Jesus in speech. They sent their disciples to him with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are a truthful man, and that you teach the the way of God in accordance with the truth. And you are not concerned with anyone's opinion, for you do not regard a person's status. Tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it lawful to pay the census tax to Caesar or not? Knowing their malice, Jesus said, Why are you testing me, you hypocrites? Show me the coin that pays the census tax. Then they handed him the Roman coin. He said to them, Whose image is this, and whose inscription? They replied, Caesar's. At that he said to them, Then replay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and to God what belongs to God. The Gospel of the Lord. Today is a special day in Raleigh because of the Eucharistic Congress held yesterday in the Convention Center. Some people were fortunate enough to start the day at the First Cathedral, Sacred Heart, with an early Mass and procession with the Blessed Sacrament, walking to the Convention Center. Some 5,000 people participated in the day-long event, culminating in Mass. I was privileged to help with confessions and can celebrate at the Mass. Bishop Luis Rafael has charged us with the task of taking Jesus to the people during this year of our 100th anniversary celebrations. We will have to work on a plan on how to do that. We are thinking of uh, adoration in some of our neighboring trailer homes, trailer parks, and increasing adoration times here at the church. Some have already asked about all-night adoration on First Fridays. We'll keep you abreast of what we decide. And if you have any creative ideas, let me know. Today is Mission Sunday. We are asked to make a special monetary gift for the missionaries all around the world. All across America, the parishes are participating in this effort. Due to a little misunderstanding in the office, we are going to have to make the collection next Sunday. So if you could keep that in mind. So I'm giving you a heads up. But I I intend to talk about it today. Thanks for your patience with us. You know, it's hard to get everything right, all aligned But it gives time anyway for you to think and and make that gift next week. But before I do that, I'd like to reflect with you on the first reading. Cyrus, a mighty ruler used by God. An outsider, a political and military genius who rescued the Jewish people in captivity by the Babylonians. Whom God tasked with the rebuilding of Jerusalem who introduced the idea of tolerance, who embraced minorities, who was not one of the faithful few. In today's reading, we hear God directly addressing this leader whom he has chosen. 
Can you sense the depth of honor God has for Cyrus? God called Cyrus and anointed him. God grasped his right hand. Can you imagine what that might feel if God chose you? And he has. In a certain way, the missionaries around the world have been anointed and called by name to take Jesus to the remotest ends of the globe. So now I'd like to address this Mission Sunday. Pope Francis reminds us that the Mission Sunday collection is aimed at supporting the missionary work carried out in my name by the Pontifical Mission Societies in order to meet the spiritual and material needs of peoples and churches throughout the world for the salvation of all. So now I'm going to share a letter from the director of Mission Sunday in the United States. It's maybe a little long, but it's very helpful to capture what he says. So now this is him writing. For over 25 years, Father Thomas Lyon served as a curate, parochial vicar, at St. Thomas Aquinas Parish in the Flatlands section of Brooklyn. He was beloved. When we met, I was newly ordained, and he was at the twilight of his years, having suffered a stroke that badly impaired his speech and cognitive functionality. He also looked very disheveled. Nevertheless, the number of people who requested him to celebrate funerals and even weddings was incredible. Frankly, it did a little damage to my ego. One day, I asked a bride why she requested Father Lyons. She responded, When my grandmother was at home and couldn't come to church, he faithfully brought communion. And when my dad was in the hospital, he came regularly to visit. To this young bride and many like her, it didn't matter that they couldn't understand Father Lyon's homily or make out what he was saying at Mass. His life was a sermon. Over the summer months, priests from all over the world visit parishes in the United States as part of the missionary cooperative plan. Sometimes these priests speak with a pronounced accent, and it can be a little exasperating to go to Mass and not understand the homily. Yet I would propose that their lives are really the homily and the Mass. The Holy Eucharist is a sacrifice, and one who offers it is Christ through the hands of the priest. Jesus is the sacrifice. And the one offering the sacrifice. We priests, despite our unworthiness, act in the person of Christ, the head of the church. As such, our lives ought to be configured to his own. We priests should live sacrificial lives. We should live a life for others. In the mission countries, I have no doubt that our priests and religious do live sacrificial lives. These men and women are by no means perfect, just as we who serve here are not perfect. Yet their lives take on a special characteristic due to the persecution, discrimination, and poverty that they endure. 
Many have had the opportunity to travel abroad and serve in the United States and Europe. They are keenly aware of the vast differences in quality of life. Most visiting missionaries could easily stay in more hospitable countries. After all, we in the West are desperate for priests and religious to staff our parishes and ministries. Almost all who come to the U.S. support the works of their diocese or communities back home, and most seek to return and serve their own people who do not have the opportunity to leave, challenging and sometimes desperate situations. Ita misa est. The concluding words of the Holy Eucharist, and from which we derive its more popular name, the Mass. In this year, as we go through a period of Eucharistic revival ahead of the 10th National uh, Eucharistic Congress, I think of those missionaries who do not simply preach the gospel, but by their lives demonstrate how we are called to live the reality of being Christ sent forth into the world. Monsignor Kiernan Harrington. In the gospel today, we hear this very famous episode in the life of Christ. He is asked a good question with evil intentions. They wanted to trap Jesus. What might Jesus be telling us today with his answer? Is it lawful to pay the census tax to Caesar or not? Whose image is this and whose inscription? Repay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and to God what belongs to God. My dear parishioners at St. Joseph's, each one of us can feel God addressing us individually with this question. We all must pay taxes, and I know that you all do, and so do I. But what belongs to God? Am I giving that to him? Can I feel the needs of others like the missionaries fighting for the dignity of our brothers and sisters in the most abject poverty? In a way, they are doing it for me in my place, and I can support them with my contribution and prayers. So let's be generous next week. Bishop Luis finished the day by expressing his profound love for all of you. He deeply loves each one of you in the Diocese of Raleigh. It's really palpable. He was in tears most of the day. He he processed in with all the priests at the end of the day and he made a prayer. He told us, Jesus, please help me not to cry during the homily. (laughs) Because he's he's so moved by what he experiences. And I hope that you feel that love too, his and mine. And as we begin this 100 years of uh, anniversary celebrations, which happens to coincide with the Eucharistic revival in the whole country, probably the whole world, well, we have a task. And we can only do it together. And so many of you, So many of you, if not all of you, already are. So I'm not asking you to do anything extra. I'm just asking, let's be really attentive to what we can do together and make this world, our world, 
this place, St. Joseph's, inside and out, a better place for everybody. The eyes of the Lord are upon those who hope for his kindness. Filled with confidence, we now ask the Father. We pray for Pope Francis that the Lord give him the strength and energy to give true leadership to our church at this most critical time. We pray to the Lord. That all will defend true justice and the common good in order to shape our society according to God's wisdom and order. We pray to the Lord. For all who have abandoned the practice of the faith, that the grace of Christ will soften their hearts and move them to return to the sacraments. We pray to the Lord. For our nation and the local community, and for all who serve in our government, let us pray to the Lord. We pray for peace and an end to war and aggression in our world. We pray to the Lord. That the families, relatives, and friends of our military members may be strengthened in this time of concern and anxiety. We pray to the Lord. That the families, excuse me, I'm sorry. Today's Mass is being offered for the special intentions of Christian and Michael Loniker. We pray to the Lord. For those who are sick or infirm and for their caregivers, that God in his mercy will draw close to them and raise them up. We pray to the Lord. For the repose of the souls of all the faithful departed, that through our prayers and those of the Blessed Mother, they may join the saints in heaven. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. Loving Father, let your mercy be upon us as we place our trust in you. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.